You're listening to Messages of Infinite Light with Ain Kate Sullivan and Mira by Davy, the show that helps us discover the truth of who we are and imagines where we are going as masterful creators. Welcome, light travelers. This is Ain Kate Sullivan, host of Messages of Infinite Light, where we envision a new humanity. Mirabai and I have been, my co-host Mirabai and I have been doing a whole series on women and self-realization. And I heard about our guest today and, and thought it would be interesting to add other people into this conversation. I think it's very important to begin to develop a, an understanding, a visualization, and a, a, or some kind of a way to communicate about these these events that seem to be happening all over the planet. So my guest today is Nina Verkoyan, and she has created something called Meta Spirituality. So we're going to get into that after the ad break. My co-host Mirabai Devi is also going to be on the show. Now, this is fun because you have uh, really three people who are really uh, exploring self-realization in depth, all three women. So this is a, anyway, I think this is kind of exciting. So if you want to go find out more about the shows that we've been doing, you can go to superpowerexperts.com slash messages of infinite light. And uh, if you want to know more about uh, Nina Verkoyan, and you're going to find out more about her, and we'll give the link again, uh, but you can go to check her out, Meta Spirituality, um, or www.meta-spirituality.org. And you can also check out Mirabai Devi. So we'll give you all these links again. Um, let me just tell you just a little bit about Nina, and then she's going to fill us in a lot more. But Nina Verkoyan is a spiritual teacher with a different approach to spirituality. She's the founder of Meta Spirituality, a little bit of a tongue twister, but there we are, Meta Spirituality, which is about building a direct link to the creator, which is you. And it, I mean, this concept to me also seems quite, quite feminine, not that God has a gender, but, you know, it does seem to be a time on our planet when the guru is kind of falling away and we are making this direct link to, to spirit. So we're going to find out more about that. So, all right, we're going to take a quick ad break and we'll be right back. Hello, everyone. I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Director of Superpower Experts. If you're ready to activate your superpowers and turn your lifetime journey into the journey of a lifetime, go to superpowerexperts.com and get started today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is Ann-Kate Sullivan, and uh, you're listening to Messages of Infinite Light. Today, I'm speaking with Mirabai Devi. She's my co-host. We've been really delving into the spiritual world, spiritual concepts, the challenges to the to the spirit spiritual awakening, all sorts of things. And, and then we also are very happy to have on Nina Verkoyan. So Mirabai, why don't you take it away? Thank you so much, Ayn. It's wonderful that we just recently did a series on women and self-realization. And then Nina came our way. And uh, Nina Verkoyan is coined or called the, the modern female Buddha. And it sounds like Nina went through a spontaneous spiritual transformation or enlightenment and acquired spiritual knowledge that profoundly changed her life and work. 
And since then, her mission has been to spread the message of metaspirituality and share it with millions of people around the world. And I would say that, um, that Nina, I'm very, very interested. Um, Anne and I have been discussing this you know, what your process is and what your awakening experience is. And I think that would be my first question or our first question is, would you be able to describe um, what was the experience you had when you had your your spontaneous spiritual awakening or spontaneous spiritual transformation? Hello, everyone. First of all, thank you for having me here, uh, Mirabai Ain. I'm very, very happy to have this opportunity to speak. Um, yeah, and answering your question, it was a spontaneous uh, so-called awakening because many people uh, put different different type of like meaning into, into this word. But um, it was a an ordinary day. And um, okay, let, let me start from the beginning, actually. Prior to that day, um, I had years and years of um, different spiritual practices that I was uh, following. I was a spiritual teacher for more than a decade at that point. Um, I was meditating, doing yoga every day, and I was a very uh, dedicated spiritual seeker. But I always felt that something is missing, that I'm like uh, not 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 getting something extremely important, um, regardless of the amount of spiritual knowledge that I had at that time, regardless of uh, the amount of hours I spent in meditation. I always felt that I am not quite there, and that is probably a very familiar feeling for many spiritual seekers. And of course, everybody would tell me, uh, this is just your ego mind that is never satisfied, and this is an illusion, and you'll never get, uh, quote unquote, there. Um, but I always felt that. I always felt that I need to look deeper, search, and one day, hopefully, it, it, will, it will show up. And this is what happened. Uh, I became very disappointed with spiritual practices that I was doing for many years because they wouldn't give me the answer. They wouldn't satisfy me completely. And at some point, I just stopped doing anything. I stopped teaching. Uh, I stopped uh, meditating. I stopped doing any spiritual practices. And for more than a year, I think like almost two years, I was just living an ordinary life. I kind of retreated to some um, island and uh, I was just living an ordinary life, not practicing anything. But this desire to know the truth was always there. It was still there deep in my heart. Uh, I couldn't let it go. And uh, one day I was just walking around the house. I was alone in the house and I was just walking around and thinking suddenly about love. I kind of posed this question to myself, what is love? What is it exactly? Is it a is it an instinct? Is it a, a, an emotion? Where does it come from? What is it? And I think at that moment, this question kind of fell into a soil that was already ready to receive the answer. And I received it, but I received it not in words, um, not as thoughts, but as a sudden state of being, which I was transferred to spontaneously, and I became love, I realized that love is what I am, and love is 
everything there is. And all these phrases, they sound kind of abstract. And of course, we all heard them millions of times, but they didn't mean anything to me um, until I actually experienced it in my body, in my heart. And at that moment, at that day, I uh, awakened to my true nature. That experience was absolutely spontaneous. I didn't do any practices, any breath work. I didn't take uh, any um, substances, nothing nothing like that. It was just truly this question. Uh, I asked myself with so much, you know, kind of almost desperation, I would say, and desire to know the truth. Like, what is it? And I received the answer. And that's how I received this knowledge. Because for almost like seven or eight days after, I have been uh, receiving, um, we can call it downloads, uh, just receiving this knowledge and information about how things uh, are, what what is this world, what is how how everything is created. I basically received answers to any question that I ever had. Uh, it was unbelievable otherworldly clarity that I gained, and I was just spending days writing down those uh, epiphanies, which later became a foundation for my main uh, program, my main course, one and only actually, um, the the only program on meta-spirituality that I teach. That, that's, that's my story. That's beautiful. Okay, runaway realization. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. And you know what's interesting? I think, uh, and this is what I teach my, my students now, uh, when we are, as spiritual seekers, so um, kind of preoccupied with spiritual practices and different spiritual tools, I call them spiritual intermediaries, and they are absolutely needed in the beginning. But if you are... Um, a person who who is on a spiritual path for years, at some point, you need to let it go. You need to drop it. It's like a cane. I always give this example, this metaphor. It's like using a cane. If you don't know how to walk, absolutely, you just crawl. You need a cane in order to start learning how to walk. And then you're using it, you're using this this cane, this intermediary, this tool, this crutch. But at some point, you will have to let it go. Otherwise, you will never be able to learn to walk on your own, on your own feet. And this is what I feel happening to many advanced spiritual seekers. For some reason, they they kind of stopped. uh, They kind of got locked in this phase of using spiritual intermediaries, be it uh, prayers, affirmations, visualizations, meditations, uh, all sorts of spiritual tools that help us connect with our true self. But they also act as a buffer between uh, us and who we truly are. So if we're using this intermediary and it still stays there and we are constantly relying on the intermediary, then we never connect to what we are trying to connect with with the help of the intermediary. You see what I'm saying? Yes, I do see what you're saying. I just quickly wanted to jump in and say that uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi used to say the mantra is the taxi cab that takes you back home to your soul. Mm -hmm. And what I'm I'm, uh, 
saying here is that mantras and affirmations and prayers are necessary for the ego. They're not necessary for the God self. The God self does not need any practices. When we're operating from an egoic mind structure, then we need the practices to erase the egoic mind structure. Mm -hmm. And when you become more advanced and you have, or you begin to move into the experience, the direct experiences or the direct realization of the self and the true nature, which is pure love, divine, unconditional love, mm -hmm. then you no longer need those um, ego mind erasing vehicles and you are just home. And that brings me exactly to my next question, Nina, which um, you beautifully described how you went into an omniscient state. And um, I liked how you expressed that you had access to universal knowledge and all the answers to all the questions you'd ever wanted to know because you broke through the veil mm -hmm. and you went into more of that essence where all knowledge is accessible or available to you. And this is, this is an omniscient state. And this is universal knowledge or um, Akashic record. And even beyond, because what Nina's describing is a transcendental state of more unity consciousness, consciousness of the self, rather than the duality of the different realms or states or lives or whatever. She's talking about a direct experience of being in the heart of God or the heart of love or the heart of the Godhead. And in that place, there is no other, there is no duality. And so, Nina, what I'm curious to know is how did you sustain that? How did it stay? Because you were talking about how before you were doing practices and practices and so many years and years of self, you know, mm -hmm. self-training. And then this big um, shift where the veils broke and the true self came forward and presented itself to you and within you and you became that. How did you sustain it or did it sustain you or was there ever a point, uh, which I don't remember the exact timeline you gave that this happened, but was there a point where the, the um, karma started coming back up to bite you or the ego mind started mm -hmm. coming in or any form of doubt entering the space or have you been able to hold it consistently, which is very more unusual? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for these beautiful questions. Uh, it is the trickiest part of all to sustain that. Uh, it's not getting there. It's actually uh, sustaining it. You're absolutely right. But there is another aspect of that that I want to touch on uh, first, because uh, sometimes um, we have this idea that uh, once we get somewhere to, to a state of enlightenment, right? Uh, this is where we will forever stay. And I always give this example of a Mount Everest because uh, awakening, enlightenment, the state of unity, absolute kind of joining with everything and everyone, um, it's, it's like reaching the peak of your uh, spiritual and human potential. It's like reaching the peak of a Mount Everest. But um, I always say that Living there on that top in that peak experience is not possible and it's not even needed. We don't have to be in that particular state for 24 hours. But what's important is that we actually got there and we could see the whole picture, the whole panorama, like a 360 degree view, uh, like um, kind of um, a map of the reality. Um, that we didn't see before when we were 
down um, down there, right, on the ground level. And when we receive that knowledge, when we um, awaken this memory of who we truly are, our goal is to actually go down the mountain, go down to the ground level, and to start living our life, but with that map already embedded in you. It's it's like a new navigation system that is already in you. It can never be erased. You've seen what truth is. You've seen um, what's real, what's not. what gives you a direction you kind of now know how to walk how to move uh through life uh through the truth that you acquired so uh i do not reside on the mountaintop for 24 7 i i can't and i don't think it's needed again i don't think it's i don't even think it's healthy for a human body to be in that such elevated such intense state because when i was in that experience i basically i was so much not in my mind that i couldn't for example i couldn't read i i remember like i got scared at some point i think my my mind started to to break through and i started like realizing what's happening and and i kind of got like an instinct you know i i had this instinct in me that Oh, I need I need to slow it down. It was so different. Uh, it was so um, kind of de- detached from from the body, from the physical reality. I said to myself, I need to go to the kitchen and eat something. I need to ground myself a little bit because it's almost too much, too much to experience to take. Uh, I went to the kitchen. I I decided to make some tea for myself, and I remember taking a tea bag and and looking at it like for the first time and i'm trying to to read it i see the letters i can see them clearly but for a few moments i i don't know what they mean like i see them but they're like just a collection of random symbols and it was so funny because it's it was all the realization that we as humans uh, we invented these beautiful things like a uh, language like like this body itself, uh, which is not a prison for our human, uh, for our spirit. Sorry, it's it's like a possibility for the spirit to experience things. And I remember this um, moment of like, oh wow, oh my god, this is so beautiful. What we as one, as the creator, created, like languages and and all these ways to communicate with each other, with, with itself, basically, with all the facets of oneself. But I couldn't read. So like I had to bring myself more into my mind in order to function properly in this physical body. And that's what I mean by saying that I don't have to be in that particular state of almost absolute uh, unity because it's uh, it's not very conducive with, with human physical, um, I don't know, body experiences. You see what yeah. I mean? Yes. In fact, Nina, what I was going to say is that, um, you know, what I find is from these states of um, enlightenment or samadhi or guide union, they tend to be more permanent when they're not drug induced or plant medicine Mm -hmm. induced, because when you're using 
a drug or a plant medicine, people are just opening up the pathway of the brain to have a glimpse. But the brain, um, the brain um, wiring neurons have not been developed to be in in that state permanently. But when you have that state where the veils come down naturally, mm-hmm. uh, my experience is that that becomes permanent. And then what happens is because you can't function as a um, an individuality or the mind can't function. It's hard to talk. It's hard to think. You know, the human language is just like, you know, I used to see it as just golden streamers coming out of people's heads. And I, I could only see people as blue gods and goddesses. I couldn't even have a normal conversation. Words meant nothing. I couldn't even understand how people were being human. You have to come down from that state, like you said, from the top of the mountain to actually operate and function in this world, but that experience that you're describing, it never leaves you. Right. And when you, when you have that direct connection, then everything else is based on that. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything else comes from that space. And you can always, you can, you teach from that place. You live from that place. You have knowledge from that place, but then you have to be able to function and operate in this world. And in fact, we need a high level of functioning, especially if we're going to teach, right? And help right. people to integrate. So that that was really you answered um, you answered my next question, which was, you know, how did you integrate it? Um, how, you know, how long did it take you to be able to come back in your mind and be able to use words and and then how long did it take you to be able to explain or express what happened to you and then take on students and talk about not only your experience, but how to take other people into that direct knowing? So that's yeah. a lot of questions in one question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, well, again, first of all, uh, I just wanted to uh, wrap up the previous um, uh, answer saying that you're absolutely, absolutely right. You're describing it like perfectly, exactly as I also experienced it um and mm. the truth that you saw that you realized it can never go away anymore mm. and you can never be the same person it's basically like a rebirth you are born a new a new a new person right and mm-hmm. you've seen everything with new eyes and you put absolutely different new meaning on everything there is you kind of need mm-hmm. to recreate the whole world in in front of you uh in your perception because everything is now different um and i i learned how to not be on that mountaintop uh, or or i was naturally brought down from there but it was a different person who went down that mountain it was not the one who got on the top in the first place and then you you just keep that you don't even keep it's not the correct word you have that remembrance and this is what as you say guides you or this is what speaks through you this is what walks through you acts through you 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 cannot forget that it's impossible but it took me almost a year before i started teaching this it took me almost a year to process everything to to come back to my senses to understand that experience because um the answers that i received they were so different from what i was teaching before uh, as, as a meditation teacher spiritual teacher uh there were so many things that were different um and contradicting to what i read in spiritual books what my spiritual teachers taught me before so i had to process all of that and it took me almost a year and after that i started to 
share uh, what I what I experienced and created later this uh, main program, which is like a, a two-week uh, daily full immersion program, uh, kind of lectures uh, where I guide people basically to their rebirth too. And, and mo- most important is uh, to say that many people believe that in order for them to become enlightened, they need to experience it in the same way, for example, as I did or as Ewing uh, did, like they need to have that like wow uh, kind of inner firework, like crazy internal uh, revolution, revelation, whatever we call it. But you know what's interesting? When I started teaching, I had that that answer that came to me too, which, which was about uh, realizing that not all of us have to go through that type of uh, awakening experience many people will just uh, create the scenario in their life as the creator where they receive the truth uh, differently because maybe their physical body or their nervous system wouldn't be able to withstand the intensity of of that type of a firework uh, uh, enlightenment experience not everybody should not everybody needs for many people it would be actually detrimental because their ego would just go oh wow i had that experience and you know it would actually put them back on their spiritual path so um, one thing is to experience enlightenment another thing is to interpret it and then to to kind of express it and be it it's it's um it's very tricky so in in my revelations that i had i got this understanding that right now we are coming to a different phase as a collective where not everybody has to have that wow uh, realization moment the truth can come to them Differently, it can come, but regardless of how it comes, it will still be what they need. It's like we, as the creator, create everything that we see, create every experience that we go through. And the way we uh, remind the truth to ourselves could also be different. It doesn't have to be necessarily this wow crazy crazy type of uh yeah like like a fireworks occasion and i think that brings us to the the next question which is um you know we're curious to know when you went into this state of consciousness and it was very hard for you to relate you know in a sense to words and mind and yeah um, how how did that go with your family and i think you said you shared you have a child and um, I don't know if your parents were still alive. How how did your family take it? Uh, what was their experience of you through that time? How did they relate with you? Were they concerned about you? Were they worried about you? Did they understand what was happening to you? Uh, yeah, I think at that point, uh, I was already past that stage because, as I said, I I had been teaching yoga and meditation for more than a decade at that point. And yes, of course, I had that conversation with my parents when I just started. And everybody, of course, thought that uh, they were worried about me, of course, because I suddenly started to be all into yoga, meditation, spiritual ancient texts and and all of that. But uh, a few years later, they they all kind of uh, understood and started 
been very supportive. So I didn't have any, I was, I was lucky and blessed. I, I never had problems with that. Uh, my husband is extremely supportive, understanding and accepts me fully. Uh, but actually I met my husband two weeks after my awakening. Uh, that's, that's interesting. As I say that, that experience divided my life to before and after everything changed. Like before that, I had problematic uh, relationships all my life, and I was already like thirty-three at at that at that time. And two weeks later, I met my husband, and we got married a few months later, and we had a kid a few months after that. So um, I already met my husband in this completely different state of mind, state of being. And when we are in a different state of being, we create and manifest in our life uh, more harmonious external reality, including uh, relationships with uh, so-called other people. So my husband was an environment and the manifestation of my already achieved uh, more harmonious internal. uh, Yeah. So it's like, it's like your, um, your trouble with relationships was a a karmic pattern and the, the karmic relationship pattern got burnt Yes. And you were able to move more into a, a, st- a, st- a stable or peaceful relationship after that without um, karmic patterns and imprints and turbulence. Right. Um, so that's very interesting. And um, and so how, you know, I know that once one has an awakening that's so pure and where you feel so not human and then you have to come back into being human and you came back, you met your husband, you had children, you like started a whole new life. Mm-hmm. Um, how did your, um, how did your ego handle uh, all that? Did you ever doubt or question or did you, in the sense of like, um, you were still human and you still had your karma playing out uh, at a certain level? Like how did you integrate your ego as you were going through the after stage, like yeah. how did it come up? Yeah. Cause it's, uh-huh. it's going to come up. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Uh, first of all, I need to address the concept of karma because this was one of the things that my mind was completely blown away uh, with uh, when I received that understanding because uh, karma, the concept of karma usually is perceived as something that we carry from like past lives, something like that, correct? Like in in general. But uh, in my experience, in in my realization of uh, truth, I realized that there is no such thing as karma, at least not in a way that many, many maybe teachings present it to be. Um, It was such a state of unity that I got into uh there were no separateness on any level and the concept it was extremely I, I can't even find words even right now it was extremely different and shocking almost shocking when I realized that there are no for example souls because uh on that level we are a one shared self one shared soul so to speak and there are no so-called separate individual souls somewhere flying around communicating with each other and also being like separate because i realized that we human beings created a concept of souls in our own image 
because we perceive things through separation if we and it, and we think that if there's separation here if we see separate individual bodies then they must be on another level of reality somewhere out there there's also separation and there are separate individual souls but this was not my experience at all and i was shocking because i was teaching the concept of souls and soul partners and karma and and past lives for many years, for like more than a decade. And I was shocked to realize that this is not the case. There are no separate souls because on yeah. that. Yeah, Nina, I, I, Nina, the way that they describe it in the Vedic scripture is there's the absolute and there's the relative. Everything past life, everything souls, everything interdimensional, everything to do with incarnatory cycles, birth and rebirth, liberation, and all of that has to do with the realms that are in duality. Once you transcend duality and go into unity, it's called the absolute. Within the absolute, there is no duality. There are no past lives. There are no multiple souls. There are no dimensions. There's no past, present, and future. There's only one being expressing itself and experiencing itself. And this isness of being is the state we call the absolute and the absolute pure consciousness is um, no, more what they call um, unity consciousness. And unity consciousness is defined by usually when somebody is an avatar um, or an avataric consciousness, they come into a form in that state of consciousness or they have another um, awakening experience that will um, bring them into that state of consciousness, right? So, um so there's many stories. I mean, I could sit here for 20 minutes and talk about how different mm -hmm. avatars were awakened um, at a certain stage, some in childhood, some in teenage years and so forth. But it always takes people when they go through that, that veil into the Sahaja Samadhi or the unity consciousness, it always takes people back into the absolute. So when you're in the realms, when you're in the relative, you experience the relative and the duality. When you're in the absolute, none of that exists. It just mm -hmm. simply doesn't exist. And so the thing is, is that um, for me, it was the other way around. I started in that state that you're describing. That's how I started. And then I learned to understand what other people were talking about and to learn about the realms and duality because it just didn't exist for me at all. Mm -hmm. And so um, what I think is important is to hold that this has been mapped out by sages and saints across the eons for millennia, for you know, hundreds of millions of years, that there is this, uh, this experience of the absolute pure consciousness that is simply everything is the one self and nothing else exists. And from that state, there is no other, there is no duality. And that is the ultimate highest state that every human being will ultimately attain. And that then ends up where we merge into the Godhead and we don't even have to, you know, take on a body anymore at that point. But, but I think that just to acknowledge that and to understand that the, um, the rest of the world and the rest of, um, I guess, most other people, they're coming at it from the other way, right? They're learning about the realms and they're learning about multidimensional communication and they're learning about the higher worlds and they're learning about all the stuff first before they get to that place of the absolute. It's kind of like the goal on the map. And um, like I said, I started there like you did and you are now in this place and now you can teach from that place, but you'll also learn 
that to help people that are experiencing higher states of consciousness, like God consciousness or cosmic consciousness or Christ consciousness that are experiencing these high states, but they're still in duality. They're still in the realms. So I think it's just, I, I think that we should take this to another dialogue another time, because this is like my favorite discussion and topic. And um, Ayn and I spend hours and hours talking about these things, don't we, Ayn? I, I think the important conclusion to this, this is what yeah. I think it's important to say that mm. division, division uh, on yes. absolute and dual is also something I think we as a collective uh, need to merge into one and stop also dividing that state and this state and basically become this human embodiment of the absolute but in physical form and this merging i think is the focus it doesn't matter where one comes from from unity to the form or from form to unity and experienced it i think the main goal of us right now as a collective as a new step in our evolution is to merge two into one and stop dividing even to these two these two experiences we need to merge them into one and become that in our physical body, we become God and we become the creator. We become absolute that expresses itself and knows who he is, yet still in the physical form. I think this merging is what it's all about. Yeah, it, that is the ultimate goal for every human being. Yeah. That yeah. is the end goal. That is the ultimate goal. That's where every human being will end up. And that is, I believe, why we all incarnate is to come to that place and that state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for this beautiful question. Yeah. Amazing conversation. Yes. It's a pleasure to speak with people who, who are so advanced and who understand all this. It's been truly a blessing. Thank you. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. I, I'm absolutely fascinated. And uh, so if people want to check you out, they uh, Nina, they go to metaspirituality.org. Meta-spirituality.org. Very good. Very good. Is there a final message you'd like to leave us with today? No, I think we said a lot. I think, <laughs> I think it's a lot to process at this point. It is. It is. I, I, I think looking at your uh, material, the, what I walked away with is, you know, love is the answer. So if, when we can move into love, especially non-dual boundless states of love, then, you know, some, some pretty if, miraculous things. If we understand what love truly is, and if we don't confuse it with some romantic feelings, then absolutely. But the, the other thing I wanted to add, of course, to take this opportunity to mention is that I have on my website, a free, absolutely free masterclass, which explains metaspirituality in detail. Uh, and if, if you're interested in this, if this conversation sparked some interest, then you are more than welcome to just go to the website and uh, register for free and have immediate access to this free masterclass and just dive deeper into this subject. Thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you for having me here, Ain and Mirabai. And thank you, everybody who listens. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, okay. So you've been listening to Ann Kate Sullivan and uh, Messages of Infinite Light and also co-host Mirabai Devi. Yes, and this is Mirabai Devi. And thank you so much, Nina, for joining us today. Again, your website is www.meta-spirituality.org. Okay, and may the, the journey continue. Many blessings. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.